Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time, female-only workspaces are becoming more popular. To fans, they're a haven for professional women. I think what's happening in here is people are feeling comfortable and not drowned out. They feel like they're being heard. But others aren't keen on the idea of a male-free environment. We're supposed to be championing diversity, and women have done so much to do that. And this felt like we were going a little bit backwards. Coming up, the pros and cons of women-only workspaces. So about a year and a half ago, I heard about this female-only workspace slash social club that was opening in New York. The founders were two young women, glamorous and well-connected. The place was called The Wing. And I remember thinking, what a good idea a women-only space that looks like it's beautiful, comfortable, and all about supporting women in their work. You had to apply to get in, and like a lot of freelancers, I was already using a co-working space, so I never applied. But I like the idea. Now, The Wing is not the only female co-working space out there. There are quite a few others in cities around the US and abroad as well. What's different about this space is the amount of investment the two founders have received to grow the business. The wing is expanding to cities on the West Coast and to Toronto and London. It doesn't let men in, even as guests, and the space debuted at a particular moment in the culture. A moment when a lot of American women were looking forward to the first ever female president. And then they got Donald Trump. The idea of a women-only club and workspace seemed more attractive than ever to a lot of applicants. There's a waiting list to join. So yeah, it's all color-coded books, as you can see, which is quite beautiful. I visited a branch of The Wing in Brooklyn recently and met up with a member, fellow podcaster Mallory Kasdan. She showed me around the light-filled, pastel-toned office space, complete with mid-century modern furniture and colour-coordinated bookshelves packed with books by and for women. Um, so this is a little um, bookcase that doubles as a phone booth. So it's awesome. You can go in here and you can talk on the phone. Oh, and it's a retro phone and as well. It's a retro phone. There's a cafe and plenty of other amenities as well. Showers a meditation room, a lactation room, a podcast studio, and my personal favourite. This is like the little like, room where you can like get ready and like there's lots of products. and like, Yeah, there are, there are hair dryers and yeah, hair straighteners. straighteners. Lots of products. Sometimes I just put on some hand lotion because I can. It's nice. Yeah, there's like, something about... All these features are pretty appealing, I have to say, especially if your hair reacts to the weather like mine does. But for Mallory, joining the space wasn't really about this. 
She's a voiceover artist. You'll have heard her in quite a few ads. And she hosts a podcast called The Milk Podcast. It stands for Moms I'd Like to Know. When she's not in a radio studio, she spends a lot of time working from home. She joined this workspace for a few reasons. Primarily, it was to get out of the house. And secondarily, it was because it looked beautiful. And I guess thirdly, it was to, it was to network and use it for what it's sort of meant to be, which is, you know, you meet someone in the bathroom and they say, like, cute clogs. And you say, thanks. What's your name? What do you do? I mean, it really is like that. I've, I've had that conversation with a couple of women. And it's, it's nice. I think people want to connect, especially people that are freelancers and maybe don't have an office space to go to where they have those, those kind of water coolery conversations. I think people want that a little bit. And how does it, I mean, how does it feel when you're here being surrounded by other women? It, it feels great. I mean, I walked outside a few weeks after it, it opened here, and I was um, right outside of the building, and there was a guy walking his dog, and he was on a call on his phone um, with his headpiece in, and he was just shouting, like, unnecessarily, just taking up space in public for no reason. And I felt like that just wouldn't happen in here. People are just aware of each other. And I'm not saying that it's that all men are, you know, loud talkers on the street or that take up a lot of space with their phone calls. But that reminded me of why it was nice to not have to deal with that. It has never happened here. I've never felt like someone's irresponsible with their voice or body. It's just respectful. And that to me is really lovely. Okay, so occasionally women can be a little annoying on their phones too, perhaps. But Mallory's getting at something another guest echoed. You've met Lee Stringer before in a show I did last year on putting yourself first. Lee is an architect and an expert on our physical workspaces and how they can work better for us and how we can get the most out of them. She joined the Washington, D.C. branch of The Wing, and this spring she wrote a piece for Slate in which she interviewed women in D.C. and New York about why they had joined this female-only space. A lot of people said they were inspired to join something like this after the election, the 2016 election. A lot of people said it was the Me Too movement, the need to feel safe, um, an environment that just made them feel, you know, like there there would never be any sort of harassment issue, right? Um, that's not to say women don't harass women occasionally, but um, it's not nearly to the level that, you know, being in an environment perhaps with all men. A lot of them felt like, especially in D.C., a lot of people who work for the Defense Department, who work for companies that that are all technology companies that are just all men and they don't have any community. They're really missing, even in New York, you know, a litigator saying, I really miss having women around me, but I work crazy hours. I don't have time to do that. (laughs) And, um, or I hadn't until, uh, you know, in in this one litigator's uh, case, she she quit her job and joined the wing and was trying to reevaluate. And she's like, oh, it's just been so nice to be around other women and, and look at other models of working. So for a lot of women, working in a women-only space is about camaraderie, but it's also about not having to feel like you don't fit in with the culture. Mallory puts it this way. I think what's happening in here is people are feeling comfortable and not drowned out. They feel like they're being heard. And she says the current political climate in the U.S.? It's another reason she's drawn to the unabashedly feminist vibe at the wing. Just politically and what's been happening for this, this, this the last couple years, I think people are really tired and a- aggravated and angry and scared and want to fight against what's happening. What, what I see is kind of a terrifying government and, and 
culture and, and sort of a like split culture and feeling like I have to fight for what I believe is right within that. So I think all of that, having said all that, I think that, you know, this is just a peaceful and lovely place to feel like everyone kind of agrees with you. And now maybe that's, again, the problem that we're having so much in this country right now is that we only want to listen to voices that we agree with and we're only reading what we want to hear. And that's true for a lot of us. Depending on where you live, you can easily find yourself in a cultural and political bubble. You might well seek it out. And if any of the women at the Wing's current branches in New York and D.C. are Trump supporters, they're not letting on. So for most members, it really does feel like a safe space. But whether it's worldviews or work styles, my next guest isn't sure we should want complete consensus when we're at the office. In real life, you have to speak to lots of people that you don't necessarily identify with who um, irritate the hell out of you. And by creating this sort of sanitised environment where we're all in agreement, we're all one big happy family, um, I think that can kind of become a breed, a breeding ground for seething resentment. And it's unrealistic. The rest of the world isn't like that. So why would you want to do it nine to five? Coming up in a moment. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Amy Rowe is the same age as the founders of The Wing, early 30s. She lives and works in Brighton, in the south of England. She's the co-founder of a content marketing agency, and everyone at her small company works out of a co-working space, complete with its own coffee shop. Funky cushions, nice lighting. It's like you're walking into an IKEA catalogue. Her workspace also has plenty of men. I corresponded with Amy over Twitter and email before we spoke, so I knew she didn't love the idea of women-only workspaces. No, and I'm I'm prepared for the backlash that might ensue from me saying this, but my reaction was actually disappointment. And there are loads and loads of reasons for this. But uh, my own, very personally, I am big on diversity in in workspaces. I'm half deaf. I wear hearing aids. So it's something that, as well as my day job, um, I work for a deaf charity. I um, talk to businesses about how they can improve diversity um, and how diversity in a business can really help creativity within the workplace. And I, I just thought... Gosh, if we're having workplaces that are female only and and no no males, I mean, what what is that doing? Uh, is that creating a sort of cookie cutter generation of workers? And I I I like working with men. What can I say? I like working with all sorts of different people, and I've learned a lot from doing that. So I felt that this was, first of all, I just thought it was a very odd step 
we're supposed to be championing diversity and women have done so much to do that and this felt like we were going a little bit backwards. She is not alone. When I tweeted about this, several people got back to me saying the whole idea was retro, not helpful to the cause of equality, though one man said he understood perfectly. But what about what many founders of female-only spaces have said, that they're creating somewhere where it's easy for women to network and help other women get ahead? This is especially relevant for women entrepreneurs who are often shut out of male-heavy networks. I completely agree with creating spaces for women to interact with with other women. And um, as you say, if you're a founder, it's really important that you are being in t- you're being put in touch or in the same space as um, women friendly investors and we we all know I don't have the figures to hand but we all know that there's a big problem with with the money flowing into women run companies so that's definitely a problem I don't think a female only co-working space is going to solve that problem I don't think it's necessary one of the reasons I don't think it's necessary is because I just felt feel like these places sort of echo the elitism that you find in men-only spaces. A lot of people agree. Why create a girls' club when everyone should be striving for equality? Let's remember that we've we've been fighting for a very long time, women, to be at a table with, with everybody, right? Not to create another one and keep others off. So this just feels very elitist. Elitist in more ways than one, she says. These spaces aren't free, Membership fees at the wing are $215 a month. And while that's relatively cheap rent for a workspace in a major city... It feels like it only targeted a certain number of women who already enjoy a good socio-economic status. So it just feels like another club. And I I have to say, I've enjoyed all the trappings of being, I'm going to be honest, a middle-class white woman, right? I have people I can talk to. I I had a mentor. I was given all sorts of opportunities. And these are the things that um, I don't think are, are being addressed for other women that really need a leg up. The Wing is sensitive to this criticism. It started a scholarship program to try to diversify its membership from a socioeconomic standpoint. It says it has a mixture of women of different ethnic backgrounds and increasingly of different ages as well, although I would say it's mostly millennials from what I can see. And you could argue any workspace outside of your living room is an investment. Amy has said she enjoys working alongside men, but some women jump at the chance to work with other women. My friend Molly joined the wing a few months ago, but when we last spoke, she hadn't had the chance to use it yet because she'd just had her second child. But she emailed me about why she joined. She said, I just really like the company of women, but on top of that, I think it makes for a better work environment. At my former co-working space, there were so many gross dudes. One guy in particular would walk around one of the common areas I like to work in and talk loudly on his phone about all the sex he'd had the previous weekend. It was so gross and weirdly aggressive. I said to Amy, let's talk about this aspect of a female-only space, dumping the bros. Okay, so dumping the bros... I mean, we'd we'd all love to dump the bros. It's not something I enjoy. I've certainly been in a position where I have um, been working somewhere and I've been interrupted by the loud braying of a an older gentleman talking about his um, antics on a Saturday night. I mean, we've all been there. Nobody enjoys that. 
but I'd still say that the introduction of female-only workplaces is not a solution. I think what is a better solution is making the current situation, the workplaces that we have, better environments and, and working on sort of creating either some rules or some a code of ethics or... And, and I don't really have the answers to how it's done, but um, there's all sorts of things that, that can be done to promote women in workplaces and also address the um, um, a chauvinistic environment. Um, I don't think it, it, it needs to be done with the segregation of women, basically. And it kind of reminded me, this whole thing, of something that was happening in London. And, and, and bear with me, but there was this, uh, I think, a rise of sexual crime on the tube. And so there was a, a voice rising um, to say that we should have female-only spaces, uh, female-only carriages. But um, the obvious backlash, which I agree with, says that it was just pushing... If we do that, we just push women into safe spaces and we put them in again in the role of being the vulnerable the vulnerable party. And I just think, again, this, this is very like what's happening with female-only workplaces. I think we can celebrate and support women without segregating them. But what about the women who love female-only spaces, who've come from a workplace full of men? They love how relaxed they are compared to a testosterone-filled office, or they love how the place is designed with women in mind, with chairs designed for our bodies, rooms that let us primp if we want to before going to a meeting or just going out for dinner. It feels like a nice change. I'm sure it is a nice change from a some, somewhere like a lawyer's office. Um, certainly, I work in finance, so I've experienced more than my fair share of male-dominated spaces. I also think, I think what, what would be the most positive outcome of all this, right? It's the fact that maybe we're going to see a rise in lawyers' offices, financial institutions, really thinking about the design of their spaces and whether they, you know, whether they are catering for women who want to have a hairdryer in the washroom and, and want to to have a big mirror so they can get ready for a, for an event and make sure they can see everything they're wearing. You know, all the kind of stuff that these spaces are providing are important. So it would be a lovely thing if we see a shift in the way buildings and office spaces are designed to accommodate more women workers. But for now, these women-only spaces are fairly few in number, even if they are popping up in more and more cities, and they cater to non-traditional workers to begin with. It's questionable whether anything that happens there will translate to a corporate workplace. Finally, I asked Amy, does she see these female spaces that don't allow men in as discriminating against men? The WINGS policy is something the New York City Commission on Human Rights has been looking into. I think it is discriminating against men, although I'm not going to be walking down the street protesting anytime soon because I feel that, you know, it's probably about time that um, that men came across some fiction in the workplace, to be, to be frank. Ultimately, I wouldn't like to see these spaces banned. I don't think there's any point in going down that road. I think that the better thing to do would be that um, workspaces that are male-dominated learnt from some of the practices that are going on in places like the wing and make their spaces more inclusive. After Amy and I spoke, I asked the same question of Lee Stringer. I mean, what do you think of the 
flip side of this, the point of view that, oh my gosh, if, if men went off and started male-only workspaces, women would be up in arms. You know, this is discriminatory. Well, the truth is that they still do have male-only spaces. I mean, there's, and, you know, all kinds of institutions are, maybe don't advertise it, but they still are. It's funny, I was having a conversation just last week with um, one of the parents in my kid's class, and he is gay, and he works for the Department of Defense, and he was at Hooters. For non-U.S. listeners, Hooters is a restaurant chain where scantily clad waitresses are a trademark. You know, his team wanted to meet at Hooters and he's like, what's the point? You know, kind of thing for him. But um, it was all guys and that's where they chose to go. And I think even if it's not officially a club, that happens in the workplace, even when this was like two months ago, right? So I think that it's <laughs> this need for escape or this need to be in an all-female place. There are just not nearly as many of them as there still are male-only institutions or or other sorts of environments that just, you know, put you out of your comfort zone. And why shouldn't women have a comfort zone of their own if they want one? I'd love to try one of these spaces myself. And Lee says we shouldn't underestimate the role harassment and assault play in some women's decision to work with other women. She writes a lot about the workplace environment, and she wondered what the post-Harvey Weinstein world might mean for the layout of workplaces. I was really curious, obviously, about Me Too. I was like, you know, there's a lot of discussion about policy and HR policy, but what about the physical workplace? You know, are there ways that we can create an environment that helps victims of trauma feel better, but also anyone who's uh, suffered from sexual harassment and other, other sorts of traumatic events? What does that look like? And a lot of them, when they describe them, the benefits, when I talk to experts in this who've counseled a lot of women, a lot of what they said was uh, having a choice about where you go, having um, a place that's maybe more open, uh, which, you know, I found the wing and some of the other spaces like it much more open and having non not having a predator in the room with you is actually the most helpful sometimes for for being productive at work, right. And so, you know, these third party or these these environments that are only women, there are some just fight or flight responses that are eased and are lowered when people are in them. And I think we need to be respectful of that. Lee Stringer. Thanks to her, Amy Rowe and Mallory Kasdan for being my guests on this show. As ever, I'm curious about what you think. Are you a freelancer or an entrepreneur or anyone else who loves the idea of a female-only workspace? Or like Amy, does it seem backwards to you? I'd love to hear from you. You can post beneath this episode at thebroadexperience.com or tweet me at Ashley Meltite without the hyphen or post on the show's Facebook page. And I'll include a photo or two related to this episode at thebroadexperience.com. You know all those credits you hear at the end of other podcasts? You won't hear that here because it is just me who produces this show from start to finish. If you could support this one-woman production with a donation of any amount, it would be so appreciated. Head over to the support tab at thebroadexperience.com. And if you can't, write a review on iTunes instead, if it's nice. I'd love that too. I'm Ashley Miltite. Thanks for listening.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.